Corey, sing us in. Uh, welcome to Side Talks. I don't know what that was. That's a weird, like, semi-crooner. Kind of like, I don't know. <sighs> yeah, I, I, like a mix of, I don't know, Rat Pack and The National. Um, yeah, that's a, a good raspy combo. throat because I've been teaching all day and all of that other stuff. So anyway, hey, y'all. It was a pleasant difference, I think, to have you sing a son. I'm Rachel Morgan. I'm Corey Kraft. And this is Side Talks. What do we do on Side Talks? We talk about all things cinema. And all things ridiculous. Let's get ridiculous. What up? And now it's time for Phone a Friend. This is a new segment of the podcast, um, one in which we do exactly what the title says, and that is Phone a Friend and ask them what they've been watching. Hello. Brocephus, it's Rachel. Hey. Hey. Um, hey. I'm here with Corey. You're on the podcast. Hey. Oh, my gosh. Hi. Well, you know how this goes. We just, you know, are calling to see what you've been watching. <laughs> okay. Well, I have one that um, I'm really proud of that I just watched, and I had never seen it. Somehow you never showed it to me. Um, huh. I, we just watched The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. I know. How have I never, how have we never sat down and watched that together? I've never seen this. I either. don't know. Oh, Corey's never seen it. Shame, shame, shame. Yeah, on you. I know. I know. Okay. Well, I mean, I know <laughs> what you thought because we're, how can you go wrong with Dolly and Bert? And that Bert. Is, oh my gosh. Bert is so fine. He is like fine up in that movie. I know. Like, I mean, wow. he's full he's on nut duster. Like he's in, he's in massive effect. <laughs> it's so good. And Dolly, I mean, flawless. I mean, we all love her and she's going to save the world obviously, but Back then, wowie, wow, wow. I mean, so cute. And, I mean, there's, what, Jim Neighbors? He's, he's also there. Uh, <laughs> Dom DeLuise. I was like, what? All these people are in this? I had no idea. Um, I did not know that there was so much singing and dancing. I guess I just... It's I a lot. I didn't know. Uh, that's a lot. Um, it's a lot. And, you know, what's super weird is we randomly watched it last week, and it happens to be a Thanksgiving movie. Isn't that weird? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Know you know what? You don't really think about it that way. And you, I do think because Hard Candy Christmas is in there, it sort of almost vibes more Christmassy. Mm-hmm. But you're right about that. They never eat or have a Thanksgiving meal, but apparently because the, 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 the deal is that there's the rivalry game, which, you know, locally we would have an Alabama-Auburn game, you know, roll tide and whatnot. <laughs> but the Texas folks, have the UT, what are they, Longhorns versus the A&M Aggies, yeah, I think something like that. what I learned. And we might get hate so mail now. Apparently, I know, right? I don't know, I'm sorry, Texans. I, I have friends from Texas, but I just I don't know. I don't know what's going on over there. It's, you know, if it's out of the SEC, I'm, I'm, I'm out of the loop. But roll Tide. Roll anywho, Tide. Uh, roll Tide. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so they – so the thing is that they have the rivalry game and then the winning team – the fellas, which also is crazy to me because Texas A&M wins and it's the real Texas A&M like referenced and they have Aggies written on their team stuff in right. uniforms, and they win. And Oh, spoiler alert. Uh, they win and <laughs> they get to the prize they get is like some senator takes them to this brothel for like celebrate. So it's around Thanksgiving because it's a rivalry game and that's like their Thanksgiving treat. And, and they get to go to this brothel for a night. And I'm like, what? So I Googled so many times, so many ways to try and find out, does did Texas A&M <laughs> approve of this? Do they know of this? Did that, does it right, not matter? Are right. they like, how does that work? Can you just put any school in a movie with a bunch of Possibly not straight. I don't know. You should look at the dancing and let me know. But I don't know that these guys are like, interested in this brothel. But 
uh, on the whole. But anyway, they're, yeah, they're, they're, I don't know. I just don't know what Texas A&M thought of this at the time. That's what I'm really curious about. You know about. what? I think I can answer that, Lisa. I think that generally speaking, if you're a state school and somebody comes to you and says, hey, do you want to be in this movie? It's going to have, let's just frame it, right? You're in the 80s. It's the 80s. Um, you know, of course, of I, it's going to feature Dolly Parton and Burt Reynolds and there's football in it. Yeah. You just kind of go, yeah. well, fuck yeah, we're going to do that. I don't, I don't Are think, they in a brothel? Who cares? Are they doing coke? Who cares? I don't Is think the that whorehouse would... in the title? Who cares? I don't think that would be the case anymore. I think that most <laughs> universities would be a little bit more tentative about that. Maybe, maybe. But I have to say the concept yeah. of... Thanks, a, COVID. Yeah, for real. Uh, the concept of a football <laughs> team winning a big uh, game and celebrating by going to a brothel, not the most far-fetched thing I've ever heard. Well, I mean, didn't UA get in trouble for this a few years ago? Isn't that why we hate Tennessee? And we're like, burn you, Rocky Top. Like, isn't that... Am I was it, was it brothel-related? Brothel well, it was definitely pros- it was that. definitely sex workers. Wait, what? All right, let me get my facts straight and we'll this. revisit. We'll revisit. <laughs> I'm going to have to look into this. I have no memory know, of this. I'm like, wait, Corey has no, conveniently has no memory of it. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. So I, <laughs> Roll I, I don't even have to ask you if you love this film. Um, I loved it. I loved it so much. It was so over the top. It was more than I had anticipated. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I went in going, knowing it would be a bit ridiculous, but it was so fun and silly and the outfits were great and the just the hair and all the things i mean it was a lot it was a lot to take in i was not expecting the amount that it was you know yeah and when they do hard candy christmas and the like what you don't realize i think because we're used to the other version is that you know it's all the sex workers kind of come out of the rooms and they're singing the song Mm -hmm. and when they're doing it and they're setting it up for dolly to enter i almost scream every time dolly enters and starts and just (laughs) and picks up that line and I'm just like, this is, oh my God. I mean, it just makes my life worth living. So is, is this the same filmmaker who made nine to five or is this a different guy? I actually don't know that. We'll have to go and, yeah. and we'll have to report back. But I know that the, the perhaps writer director of this movie is the writer of Harold and Maude, which is one of my favorite movies. Okay. So that, Oh, is it? I love yeah. Harold and Maude. And that strangely makes sense. Yeah. That's strange. It's somehow I can s- totally see that. Yeah. They're both kind of. In a, a slightly parallel universe from yeah. our own, it seems. Yeah. Yeah. But but somehow, like, embraceable. So, I'm, yeah. you know, I'm really, I have to apologize, Lisa, that we haven't ever, <laughs> that I've never said, oh, my God, you know. I mean, I haven't failed you in other ways. You know, we've, we've <laughs> I brought Moonlighting to you. Oh, absolutely. I brought, you know, many, so many. I brought Valley Girl to you. I brought so I many I went things. as Sybil Shepherd from Moonlighting for Halloween 08. So, exactly. Oh, wow. So you and are welcome. That one, um, that one man on the street in New Orleans thought I was Hillary Clinton. Somehow. <laughs> that was weird. Like 80s. <laughs> I think that was just because he was Bill Clinton and wanted to kiss you. Mm. Oh yeah. Oh, so oh, he was. You know, he knew damn well um, you were Sybil Shepherd from Moonlighting. Who wouldn't? <laughs> <laughs> this is a good time to reveal oh. too, Lisa, what we went as for Halloween, and uh, let's not name the year, but um, what we went as a group trip um, that nobody got. Oh my gosh. Tell oh my gosh, what? nobody got what? it. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah, we were St. Elmo's Fire, the entire cast. <laughs> um, it was so good. I was Mayor Winningham, and I had that head injury bandage from the film, but everyone in real life thought I bumped my head and just had this bandage on my head, and I was like, no, cause it's from the movie. And, you know, same thing. It just didn't, it was too obscure, I guess, but it was amazing. It was great. We did so good. And, and Corey Rachel was. Um, wait, hold on, hold on, Lisa, hold on. Corey, do you want to guess who I went as? I couldn't possibly. You, you just got to go ahead and tell you, me. You should know I because think you, I, might, you, I might think know. you might. Be you able might to know. It. It's, it's, the resemblance is shocking. We're basically <laughs> the same person. 
Lisa, will oh, you reveal wait. it? Will you please reveal it? Um, Emilio. Oh God! Of course, <laughs> of course, yeah. of course. Yeah. Um, Emilio. Red suspenders, good. checkered napkin yeah. out the back pocket, God. red bow tie. Of course. It was perfect. It was perfect. perfect. No one knew who we were. We were at a we were at college parties in Tuscaloosa yeah. not that many years ago, and everybody was like, "We don't know what you who you are," including the Mm-mm. fact that we were carrying a boombox playing the Saint Elmo's Fire oh, theme song on a loop <laughs> <laughs> all night long. <laughs> that is wonderful. Oh man, every time I hear that song, I think about that night. So I mean, it was great. It was, it was a great night. Even if everyone else didn't get it, it was a great night. So. Well, maybe we'll, yeah, maybe someday if that movie has a revival or a re-release and it gets a little bit more attention in modern era, we can we can revive that costume. I say we just revive it no matter what. I kind of appreciate nobody knowing who you are. Well, Lisa, thank you um, for letting us call you and and reminding me about the most amazing Vessel Whorehouse in Texas. Great film, one of my mom's favorites. Oh, really? Oh, wow. That yeah, that seems like a fun. That's a K. K. Morgan, Morgan classic. K. Morgan yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially when they're around the campfire, she and Bird, and they're having their little chat about the stars. Oh, loved it. Loved it. Loved it. I got to check it out, I guess. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It yeah. is It is also good timing. Again, I mean, you know, Thanksgiving has passed, but we are in the holiday season. Sure. And, you know, so why not? And I'm always down for Bird yeah, and Dolly. Yeah, and it kind of passes by Thanksgiving, you know, and segues into holiday, like you mm. said, That's with true. Candy Christmas. So, yeah, so it's it's perfect for right now. And I mean, Dolly embodies the holidays. I feel like I feel like she just represents all things wonderful. So and yeah. and oh, a, and a COVID so vaccine. I know, and yeah, she's oh, bringing she us a vaccine. Save the world, save the world oh Dolly. Thanks, Dolly. Well, Love guess her. where we're definitely Thanks, going. Dolly. I've already said it. Twenty twenty one. There's no way we're missing our trip <gasps> to Dollywood. No way. Oh, it's been so long. I know. Well, I'll call you about that well, later, Bross. I need to hit up that minecart. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Talk to you later. Bye. Okay. Bye. What, what do I hear? Is that that's not lightning of, or thunder? That's the sound of sound of wind chimes. Beautiful wind chimes. Because this is our segment called reflections. Reflection. Let's reflect. Um, so this one is a you know an interesting one, and that is that we uh, we as in sidewalk are part of Sundance this year. That's right. That's right. And I so heard about I, that. I thought we'd talk about that just for a very brief moment. Um, this is kind of cool. So Sidewalk is a satellite sort of installation, I guess, at part of the 2021 Sundance Film Festival. That's right. And Explain this to me. So um, hashtag Sundance. Um, this is how this is working. We are uh, – Sundance is sort of um, – you might have seen back in, in the middle of the summer. This has been going on for – this has been ongoing for a long time behind yeah. the scenes kind of thing. Um, but back in the middle of the summer, they released uh, a statement saying that – they were going to clearly be looking at the festival in a very different way this year that, um, you know, instead of having everybody uh, congregate to par- in Park City where, you know, we all know what the, some of the question marks are, are about, you know, we're think- what, what happened last year with all big events. Mm-hmm. Um, but that to be safe that they would, you know, that they were, they, that they were going to minimize that sort of travel um, and exhibition in that very small, small area um, in a place that's kind of hard to get to. So in doing so, they, though, want to support the theatrical experience. They believe that, you know, films like we believe should be seen on a big screen with big sound. And um, and that certainly a film festival is something that involves people being together in a room and watching movies. um, And they want to be able to do that safely without encouraging travel. So they are going to have some screenings in Park City, um, but they decided to tap cinemas, venues, and film festivals across the country to work as satellite venues and to screen Sundance films. In doing so, 
they also wanted to um, have those programmers have a hand in, in the selection process for what plays in their particular market um, with this sort of philosophical belief that, you know, that certain films are better for certain places um, and better for certain filmmakers to, to play in certain places. So, um, yeah. So we'll be, it's, it's an honor. We will be in Birmingham, Alabama. Sidewalk will be a venue for the 2021 Sundance Film Festival. Um, we will be screening in both of the cinema rooms if, you know, the pandemic permitting. Um, we don't hit another, you know, situation where it's just not safe. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll also do a pop-up drive-in as well so that no matter what that, um, you know, I mean, come hell or high water, maybe a tsunami will take us out. But the general idea is that we would be screening at the drive-in no matter what. Yeah. Um, and it's basically from, you know, the schedule isn't released yet. The timing isn't released yet. Tickets aren't released yet. But the but the concept is released and the, and the, the partners and the partner hubs, satellite hubs have been released. So, And obviously, as, the time, uh, as of the time of this recording, no no films title no film titles have been no released. film titles announced i can't even hint at any of those yet um Ooh. but you know by the time that people hear this they might be out there but um that is going to be it's a little bit of ways from where we are right now you got you got to hint at me off mic i can hint at you off mic cool uh even though i was told not to hint at anybody but i i will hint at you okay thank you um i'll do that uh, uh just if if sundance is listening rachel did not actually do this i did not hint at anybody and you can't hear me winking um, but yeah, we're, it's pretty cool. Uh, so, I mean, Sundance for Birmingham will be a little easier to get to this year. There'll be totally be Sundance films and, and we'll also be doing some sort of ad outreach kind of stuff online, um, which we've got some fun plans for, uh, because the Sundance also will have an online sort of component as well. So, yeah. um, I don't know. I think it's pretty freaking big for Birmingham. I think it's terrific. So we're happy about it. Anyway, um, sidewalkfest.com, uh, to find out more as the days go by and, um, the little, the little hashtag thingy is hashtag Sundance. And now we'd like to welcome Charlie Brown Sanders the third to the studio for his segment, Film History Minute with Charlie Brown. If you look in Merriam-Webster, you will find that Dr. Seuss coined the term Grinch. Upon noticing a Grinchish grin in the mirror while brushing his teeth, he was struck with the idea about how the Grinch stole Christmas. He thought of the Grinch as his alter ego. Coincidentally, Dr. Seuss was the same age as the Grinch when he wrote the story. Additionally, he lived atop a mountain at the time. It was the shortest amount of time he ever spent writing a book. It was published in 1957 as both a random house book as well as in an issue of Red Book Magazine, issue number six. This was Dr. Seuss's 14th published book, and The 5,000 Fingers of Dr. T was Dr. Seuss's first feature film, and he called it his greatest flop. Due to his feelings about Dr. T, he vowed to never make a film again and was extremely reluctant to bring The Grinch to the big screen. He changed his mind only after hearing the film's opening song, Welcome Christmas. The animals shown throughout the film were actually some of Dr. Seuss's foundational drawings. As an early animator, his father would take him to the zoo and encourage his son to draw the animals as practice. The Grinch was originally black and white until Chuck Jones, who directed and produced the film, suggested Dr. Seuss color him green, like the rental cars popular in Baltimore in the 1950s. Chuck and Seuss had become friends while working together as animators in the 1st U.S. Army Air Force Department of Motion Picture Unit. It was Jones' experience animating quirky character movements for Looney Tunes that gave the Grinch his signature sly movements. 
It took ten times the amount of drawings done for a typical cartoon of the time to bring the characters to life. It was the most expensive cartoon produced of that era, with a whopping $315,000 budget. The sound of the Grinch sliding down the chimney is a recording of a marker being drawn on an inflated balloon. The sounds of the Grinch sawing off Max's antlers is made with violins, and the sound of overloaded Christmas gifts is done with someone biting into an apple. Max was voiced by voice actor Dallas McKinnon, who provided the voice for Gumby. Even though McKinnon was not given many lines, his role was made much larger with sounds and expressions to help represent the emotional roller coaster intended for the audience. Upon hearing Thurl Ravenscroft, the voice behind Tony the Tiger, sing the first lines of You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch, Dr. Seuss is quoted as saying, If anyone can hit that octave slide better than that, they got the job. Still, in spite of Seuss's excitement for the performance, Ravencroft's was not credited in the film. Likewise, June Foray, who provided the voice for Cindy Lou Who, was also not credited in the film. Though it was not well received upon its initial release, since 1966, reruns of How the Grinch Stole Christmas have been shown as a holiday special every year to secure it a 100% review on Rotten Tomatoes. In 1968, it won a Grammy for Best Children's Song. The Grinch is listed as number five in TV Guide's 50 Greatest Cartoon Characters. Up until 1985, the sequence When the Grinch Grins Over the Who Children's Bed was cut when it aired on CBS because it was too creepy. Coincidentally, it is Queen Elizabeth's favorite scary movie. Once asked what the thought about the characters he created over the years, Seuss is quoted as saying, Well, you wouldn't want to invite us to a dinner party. Well, that is about all we have for this segment of SciTalks. You good? Uh, yeah, I'm great. Well, thank you for listening, everyone. We are your own personal cinematic Sheriff Truman and Agent Cooper. Oh, that's the best. That's the best one. Best one yet? That's the best one yet. Great, um, Coop. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll hang upside down from my ankles and talk into a tape recorder. I mean, that's more or less what I'm doing right now. True. Well, uh, SidewalkFest.com. Go there. Do all the stuff that's on there. All of it. We've got coloring books and we have videos and, and, and yeah. Our, Cartoons? Me? No, we don't have any of that. We have movies. <laughs> thank you to Boutwell Studios. Thank you to Corey Kraft. I, I just, I believe no, everything you, you tell Sam. me. I believe everything you tell me. I'm just gullible. <laughs> You're just like, yeah, we have coloring books. I'm like, neat. I want to get one of those. We, oh man, can you think about some of those? We have the Lighthouse coloring book. <laughs> we have the Nightingale coloring book. I would not buy the Nightingale coloring book. <laughs> I would totally buy the Nightingale coloring book. By the way, I'm going to go ahead and reveal what your Christmas present is right now. Is it a nightingale it's coloring book? It's an eyes wide shut coloring book. Oh my I'm God, not they kidding. Made a night- I'm, what? I'm not joking. Okay, that's enough. Bye. Bye. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.